Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, hello, hello. We are here today with another phenomenal guest, Jessica Gibson Brokenball, who is a public relations expert um, in one of the local counties here in Delaware. And she is also the owner of JGB Enterprises. And we are so excited to have her with us today for this interview to share with all of us um, about her experience and her journey. And I know that we'll all be able to take away some valuable lessons from what she shared. So Jessica, I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you and all your fans. It's so exciting. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. So I always start off with asking our guests to share who they are, what you do, and how you're impacting the world. So tell us about Jessica. Sure. So I am a wife and a mother, um, and I take the majority of my time in life to facilitate those two roles. Um, outside of that, I am the public relations officer for Newcastle County, um, which is the largest county here in Delaware. And then um, in between that and at night, I manage a consulting firm that helps minority-owned businesses reach scale. And that scale can be anything in their space that deems scalability to them at the particular juncture in business that they're in, um, particularly in the marketing strategic planning space of, of their business. Um, I often spend my days trying to save the world or trying to add my little piece to that. And um, that happens throughout my day in various roles, whether it's through public service, whether it's through a wife, a mother, a friend. Um, and, and one of the pieces that I enjoy greatly is being an advocate for underserved populations. Mm, okay, so you're doing a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm just doing what women do, right? Um, right, you know, right. We, we put that woman cape on and um, we, just, we just try to make it happen. So I think I do that well. I think I function in excellence. Um, and I try to do thing, do what I can well. Um, sometimes I have to say no because my goal is to do things well. Mm -hmm. um, so as long as I'm able to do things well um, and ex execute them appropriately, then I'm usually committed and I'm usually in. Wow. Okay. So I like that. You know, you like to do things well. So sometimes you have to say no. <laughs> Just it's hard. Someone we don't do else that well. wants you to do it. <laughs> right. We, we don't. We don't do that well. But but you learn after time of being so accessible that, you know, if you want to truly create some impact in, in any work that you're doing, um, sometimes you do have to say no, or sometimes you have to scale back a little bit and, and that's okay. That's, that's okay. Yes, yes, yes. So how did you get into county government and in, you know, the role that you're in um, is an important role, you know, so what, what did that journey look like? 
So um, prior to my work at the county, and I always say the same thing to folks when they ask me this really, you know, cool question is how did you get to government? Um, someone who's as flexible and committed to community typically doesn't look at government as, as a vehicle to get that done. And, um, but, but for me, um, that wasn't a role that I chose to go on. Um, it was a destiny for me. Prior to this role, I was the founder and, and director of the Women's Business Center, which is a federally funded um, accredited program that every state um, has access to one um, or two, depending on the size of the state. And that organization typically is the underbelly for economic development um, targeted to women in underserved populations. And we identify those as men, um, underserved men in, in the community. Mm-hmm. And that work was, was, was led and spiritually led for me because it was a void that I saw in the community. There was a void where women just didn't have an opportunity to go to a safe space and receive support in their business and be a woman, you know, be a mom, be a wife, and be able to, to take on this, this passion that they may have or this expertise that they may have or this opportunity they, they've fallen out, they've, fall, they've bumped into. And, and I saw an opportunity for women that just didn't exist here in Delaware and was a little courageous in writing a federal grant and, and had to persuade some folks who I worked with mm-hmm. um, to allow me to do that, to find, to find this opportunity and create this opportunity for women. And by God's glory, we, uh, we won. Um, you know, whenever you write a federal grant, you always hope you get it. But then when you get it, it's like, oh my goodness, we got it. What do we do now? <laughs> right. Um, like the, like, oh, what did we get ourselves into? And, you know, we did that. And again, we did it well. Um, you know, we, we, we looked at best practices throughout the country. We looked at what women needed, what the trends were in our country. I looked at other countries, that's where women are, are, are significantly supported and what did that look like and how could we replicate some of that work here in Delaware. And, you know, we had a small team that was very passionate about this work. And, you know, in a matter of three years, we were an awarding Women's Business Center. We were presenting at conferences, best practices. We were um, engaging thousands of women, at, you know, something to the tune of 15,000 hours annually in training and programming. And I spent my days and nights coaching women in business, um, whether that was understanding how to put themselves first, um, because typically we don't do that as, as, as a generation of women. We, we work. We work hard um, and we put ourselves last. And, and my biggest mantra with women in business is where is your time? And the grand, the grand scheme of the wheel, where is your time and where are you focusing your time for you? Because without you, there is no business. Without you, there is no strong family. Without right, you, right. the infrastructure is just not there. And I did that well. And, and we helped many women um, come out of really bad situations, whether they're personal bad situations or business bad decisions and take them to places of refuge and comfort and success and you know success is divine by the individual not by a book or not by a trend or, or a statistic and we were able to help the multitude of women whether that was helping them understand that a business wasn't for you um or be this time to stop this business or see what we enjoyed the most was celebrating successes in business all of those are successes in business um, because they all can be very detrimental at some point, some way, somehow. And we did that. And one of the mantras was always, where's your time and keeping yourself first. Um, three years into um, doing our work at the Women's Business Center, I had my own opportunity to figure out how I was going to put myself first. I suddenly and tragically lost my husband 
and I had had immediate need to figure out what I was going to do for me. Um, my my very first move was to continue helping these women and, and and support them and give them all that they needed to continue moving towards their dreams and their passion. Um, but I quickly realized I wasn't able to do that well um, because of what I was going through. Right, right. I could have made a decision to stick in there and and provide half-assed good support. Or I could do what I've been telling women to do for the last three to six years and say, hey, it's time to put you first. And I did that. I put me first. And I did something that I don't encourage many people to do unless they are positioned to do that. <laughs> um, I quit my job. Okay. Um, and I said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm in a position to, I must find some refuge um, in this new normal of mine. And I'm no good unless I'm, I'm, I'm equipped. And, and that's what I did. So, you know, at the time I, I had my, had a daughter, my daughter was in college. I had to demonstrate some, some, some strong, some strong, how do you get through tough things for her because she was watching. Right. And I had a bunch of friends who were watching also when, you know, us sister friends rely on each other for support and guidance and, and we're all watching each other, how we get through things. So I just felt that, you know, I'm a, I'm a leader in my space and I, I needed to demonstrate what, what people have to do in situations that are uncommon and, and unprojected. Mm-hmm. So I took a month vacation um, and said, you know, what well, I'm going to take a month to, you know, just dissect life and understand what life is like now. Um, I've dealt with everyone else's issues, their needs, their concerns, you know, facilitated every responsibility necessary in that type of experience. And where, where was my time? And I realized quickly that I didn't have any carved out. I was living to make other people feel happy that I was feeling good. Um, so I was living to, you know, make people feel like, okay, I'm good. Jessica's good. So you can be good. Right. And I wasn't good. I wasn't good inside. And women do that often. Women mm-hmm. do that in all areas of life, whether it's, you know, my day-to-day nine to five job, or it's at home, um, and we don't really capture in oneself that way. And one of the things that I determined was I was gonna be greater on the other side of this process. I didn't know what that meant or how I was gonna get there, um, but I knew that that was what my goal was. That was the the light at the end of the tunnel was you're gonna be better. Um, so I intention to be better in every capacity of life, so I took a vacation. And I came home and, and our newly elected county executive said, what are you going to do? I can't believe you quit your job. Like, I can't believe you did this. Like, you're, like, you're just, you're acting so emotional. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm handling my emotions is, is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Not being emotional, I'm handling those emotions. And um, he said, well, you're really not going to go back to work. Um, I have a great boss. He's really cool. But it was a man statement, right? It was, a, are you really not going to do that? Are you really right. not going to do the norm that we expect women to do? And I said, no, I'm not. And it was a shocker for, for the thousands of women that I was supporting. Right. But it was also very encouraging for those women as well, because they all were going through their own challenges in life, whether it's a personal or business. And I think what it did was it, it demonstrated something that we talked about and it was a very strong demonstration of what that of what that looked like and i knew people were watching um it was a very public um situation for me it was you know we live in a very small state so when there's a tragic accident on the highway we all know about it here um you know it was a it was a it was a challenging day for many people and it was it was significant it was a lot of attention was brought to it so i knew that and i and i knew that i was going to be able to either be a pillar and demonstrate what, what achieving and, and overcoming looks like, or I was going to not. And, mm-hmm. and the latter just wasn't something that was of an appetite for me. So 
one day the county executive says, so if you're not going to go back to the women's business center, like, what are you going to do? And I say, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I'm starting to feel like I can surface again. Mm-hmm. I know I don't want to be a lot of, around a lot of people. And I know whatever work I'm doing, I must be able to impact communities and help people. That's, that's the bottom line for what I needed to do for myself. And in government, that's not usually the play, right? The play is, you know, you go into government and you do government stuff. And um, the opportunities to create true impact are creative and innovative. And under, under County Executives Meyer's administration, I thought that was possible. So mm-hmm. I took advantage of an opportunity um, that he provided during a time that I was very most appreciative of and took a position as his uh, senior advisor in the space of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was immediately put into a, a department that um, dealt directly with the community and was able to change the interface of some of the work we were doing, um, strategically plan some initiatives, and, and just start doing good work in government. And it started feeling really good. It was like, this is possible in government. It's possible. Right. And then we had an opportunity to create a uh, library that would change lives and generations for, for many years to come in a very underserved community. And I was given that project. And at that moment is when I realized why I was engaged in government. Um, my work went from working with a small pocket of women who were targeted in a business space mm-hmm. to now impacting hundreds of thousands of people and generations that would be engaged with an innovation center um, that's like no other in the state that's, that's being positioned to be a catalyst for change in the community. And I didn't take that charge lightly. I, I saw that as, as a, as a, as a, an assignment and, and another, just another transgression of the work that I'm doing at the Women's Business Center. And it was just my next level of work. So, so we did it and we did it well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I got here. Um, and I've been in this space and, and, and continuing to work with small business owners when I find time to and identify where my resources and my assets could really create really good impact with folks and really help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I do. Um, and that's, that's what we're doing. We're doing that at the county and I'm doing that at home and, and with the businesses that I'm working with. Okay. Wow. So the, the journey that you've been on, um, is really, it's inspirational. Although, you know, I'm certain while you were going through it, it didn't feel that way, but you did recognize that people were watching you <laughs> and watching how you would come out the other side of all of that. Um, so it's really exciting to, to hear how you made your way, you know, through the personal trauma that you dealt with um, and then ultimately end up being, being able to expand um, the work and impact that you were doing in a, in a much grander way um, mm-hmm. on the other side of all of that. So yeah congratulations on that (laughs) thank you i say kudos to myself every now and then i just you know so many times you hear stories and and women who just allow their emotions to boggle them down and Mm -hmm. it wasn't easy it hasn't been easy and sometimes it still isn't easy um but the light at the end of the tunnel is the goal um it's not the today's feelings or emotions because they lie to you we know that very well Mm -hmm. um but it's it's keeping your eye on the prize and knowing there's a greater plan out there for you um and, and again, that's not easy um, at all. And, I, and I, I, don't, I don't, don't act like it is, nor do I um, take it for granted. But, but that will is there. And where there's a will, there's a way. Right, right. And I think one of the important things to pull from what you shared, um, because we do tend to 
push our feelings down and not really deal with it, that you gave yourself the time and space without the pressure of work or business or anything like that um, to deal with what you were feeling, to, to grieve, um, to figure out who you were in this new norm. And that's something that we as women absolutely have to learn to do. And it doesn't necessarily have to have to just be related to, you know, a major um, personal loss like you experienced. We don't allow us to do that in much smaller things as well. <laughs> on a regular day, on a regular day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'll give you a little tidbit. Um, and this tidbit, of course, ladies would appreciate this tidbit. I had a friend of a friend in New York who um, had the same issue and her husband was tragically um um, had a tragic incident on a motorcycle, um, just the same way. And she is like, go, you know, gung ho about life. And I wasn't as quite where she was immediately, but when she saw, she said one thing to me and it resonated. And, and it was also what people recognize and what people observe from me. And it was almost like my little hidden secret. So, um, she said, Jessica, there are days that you're not going to want to take a shower. There are days that you're not going to want to eat. There are days that you're not going to want to be a hair. And those are okay. But what I promise you will get you through are wearing sexy panties. <laughs> and I said, really? And she was just like, how do you feel when you wear sexy undergarments on a regular day? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I feel like I have a special surprise underneath my clothes. Nobody knows about. I have a little pizzazz to my walk. And there's just a, a little internal excitement that happens that, you know, I feel kind of really good about. And she was like, can you need that right now? Mm -hmm. We need that right now. So the next day I went out to Victoria's Secrets and spent a boatload of money on, on new undergarments and, and all kind of new stuff. And I was sexy, honey. Nobody <laughs> could tell me anything. Um, nobody could tell me anything about how sexy I was. And underneath my clothes when I went out, I was spectacular. Uh -huh. And I made sure that I looked good. Mm -hmm. um, and folks, that was one thing people said to me so often. You, how, how do you walk out the house looking so nice? You know, and I'm like, it's intentional. It's not easy. It's an intentional act to to get dressed and and look like everything is absolutely spectacular and perfect in my space because it gets me by. Mm -hmm. And it gets me by because it helps you all how to interact with me. And, and that was the big part of it was teaching people how to interact with me. And many times we don't do that in life, right? So many right. times we we allow people to treat us the way they deem to treat us based on what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And we find ourselves having conflicts with one another. And, and I just wanted to avoid any kind of mishaps along the road and, and just not have those mishaps. And it, and it really did help people learn and understand how to engage with me. You know, I did notice people were a little uncomfortable, but when they saw me looking perfect, right. um, it allowed them to have a sense of ease mm -hmm. to be able to engage, engage with me normally. Um, so that was helpful. So, you know, I always tell women, I always share that story with women now, you know, whenever I'm speaking to folks and sharing my story, I always share with women, you know, the best secret we have are our sexy panties um, and what that does to us internally. So it was something that, you know, I, I took seriously and I, I did, I took all kind of advice seriously. I, I did everything that folks told me to do that made sense to me, made me feel good. And that by far 
um, was one of the things that was shared with me that I was able to share with other women along my journey mm-hmm. um, that has blessed them just the same way. And every now and then I'll get a phone call from someone and say, guess what I'm wearing today? Uh-huh. Or I'll see someone and they'll be like, girl, you have no idea what I'm wearing today. Or I tried that and it didn't work for me, um, but it worked, right? It created some, it created people to kind of reflect and think. Um, but that was it. That was one of the things that, that got me by outside of being a very spiritual person, allowing myself to be very spiritual led um, and not running away from the house, but running towards the house. But that mm-hmm. truly was one of the things that... Um, Really, I was truly intentional about every single day. Yeah. All right. So, ladies, you're listening. There's power in the panties. All day night long. I promise you. I promise you. Because hidden confidence. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to just throw out there that I I think that confidence paid off for you, Mrs. Broken Ball. Yes, it did. So not so long after, um, after my husband passed, um, a really great friend of mine um, introduced me to a gentleman who was walking the same walk I was walking, who had a, a very uh, similar story that I had. Um, and and he, was, he was brought to me. And I always tell folks, you know, in that time, I was very intentional. I was journaling. I was declaring and decreeing what was going to happen in my life whether it was personal or professional, what was happening was going to happen for my daughter. She was a junior in college um, and they were very, very close. I was, you know, might've been the only true father fix, sound father figure she had. So I knew that I had to be really intentional. So journaling was something that was really important to me. Um, And I remember one day I was having some friends over and uh, they were like, well, you know, who's going to be your new man? I'm like, oh, I'm getting married again, ladies. They were like, how could you think of that? I'm just like, listen, we're putting life into perspective. I'm not saying I'm going to get married tomorrow, but I liked and enjoyed being married. I enjoyed the companionship and I enjoyed the virtue of marriage. Mm-hmm. I can't allow one episode to get in the way of something that I enjoyed. So I had all these scenarios of what he would look like um, and what he would be like and what the package would be. Um, I had three different scenarios. One was kind of on the extreme side. One was kind of like, yeah, that's kind of doable. And I had one that was very simple. It was that he had no children and that he was credit worthy and had, 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 had assets. Um, what those were that it mattered to me as long as he was financially stable. Right. And, and that's who was brought to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what I asked for and it's exactly what I got. And I'm just so thankful that, that God saw an opportunity to create restoration in a time where restoration was nowhere to be seen. Um, and, I, and I took that situation. I didn't take that situation from where I did either. You know, we, we dated and, and we, we, we thought we liked each other. We were afraid to like each other. Right. Um, we weren't sure if this was like, okay. But one thing him and I can agree on is that we felt compelled to continue to get to know each other was this, this undenying connection mm-hmm. that was outside of us um, that made us both feel really weird, but we just felt because of the people who introduced us, we had no choice mm-hmm. um, but to kind of get, get to know each other. And, and over some months, it became something that was um, very tasteful for us. And, and it was something that provided us both with some significant gratification. And a year later, girl, he asked me to marry him. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just tickle pink. Um, <laughs> I was just tickle pink that he asked me to marry him. And, and the way he decided to actually marry him. And 
he was very intentional about how he moved it. And we married now, girl. So we married. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we're married and we're happy. And, you know, we, we're, we're still blending lives and blending families and understanding each other and, and, and recognize that our journey and our walk is what got us here, but also recognizing how that also plays a role into our marriage and our mm-hmm. relationship. And we're aware of that and we're sensitive to that as well. But there's always restoration at the, on the, at the end of every process. Mm. I just didn't realize it was going to be so quick. Um, but I'm so thankful that it was because it was a period of feeling lost um, for, for some time and just not, not knowing what life was going to be like. And so quickly having so many changes happen in my space that it was comforting to have at least a friend during a duration of that time that could understand. Right. Um, so yeah, so you know, there's always there's always a a, a pot of gold at the end of every rainbow. Yeah. Um, we just have to be patient and wait for that time frame to come. Yeah. So the lesson there, um, or the one that I want to point out, because there were a few in there, <laughs> but the <laughs> one I want to point out is um, restoration after loss, and that is not just in life, but in business and career. So you can't, right. limit, you know, a loss. Um, stop you in your tracks and stop dreaming and looking forward to what the future holds for you or believing that the future still holds something for you. Um, and then also just this, this idea of being open to how it comes to you. Right. Right. I mean, flexible. Yeah. I yeah. call it adapting. Yes, absolutely. Cause you, I mean, you may be expecting the re- restoration, but expecting it to come looking like this in this way, in this time. Right. And it's something total, totally different. And you don't want to miss it because you're not being open to how it may come. That's right. mm-hmm. I think that was it for me. I didn't even want to miss whatever God had for me mm-hmm. um, in that process. And I didn't know what it was. You know, I started a new job and I had to remind myself daily not to allow what's happening in the back of my brain to affect what's happening, you know, in my new environment that I'm in, in a, in a government space you know, where, where emotions and empathy aren't, aren't the front line of, of work. Um, but I was blessed to work with some amazing people who were sensitive to that process and didn't make it a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we just worked. Um, and and that, that new environment was so refreshing for me. And having the leadership that says, you know what, go ahead and be innovative in government. It's okay. And we're going to do that um, was equally helpful. But, but you're right, you know, understanding that that restoration comes and looking out for it. Um, and being open to whatever that is, is key. It's key, and it's key in all areas of life, um, you know, particularly when you're in business, you know. There'll be downtowns in business that you just don't know where I'm going to get the next dollar from. You know, my, my, my block is closed during to due to construction, totally out of my hands. I don't know what to do. There's an unknown factor there. But what can you do to adapt? And, and us as women have to learn adapting is key. Um, and, and not adapting out of emotion, but adapting out of what makes sense. You know, the realistic nature of what's happening in our situation that sometimes we don't do that well. And we don't do that well because women are emotionally driven human beings. That's the way God designed us to be. But there's a balance in that space. And I often find that once we define that emotion that we have, that was shared with a really good friend of mine one day. She said, I want you to define that emotion. Mm-hmm. Once you're able to define that emotion, you understand the root of that emotion and you understand how to deal with that emotion. Mm-hmm. And that was a blessing to me mm-hmm. um, because, you know, throughout that journey and through life, you know, we often bump into emotions and don't know exactly what that emotion is or what it means to me in this particular moment. 
And sometimes we allow it to drain us or overcome us. Right. Um, but really understanding what that emotion is and where it's coming from. It just happened to me yesterday. I, I had an emotion. I'm just like, I don't even understand this emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so first body, we're not going to allow you to absorb it because we don't even understand where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So pause, take a second to understand the emotion um, before you allow it to resonate because you know our emotions can ruin our day. Right. And we're living in a society where you know we wanna make sure that we're functioning as, as clean as possible um, you know, across the board and, and not allowing you know, uncertainties and unknowns to weigh us down. There's just too much at state right now for us to be functioning in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So with everything um, that you've shared and even parts of your journey that, you know, you haven't shared, because obviously we didn't get through the whole story, because I know that there was a story before you even got to Delaware. (laughs) Yes, there is a whole story. Yeah. (laughs) But um, with everything, your entire journey and perspective, what's one thing you wish someone would have told you that if you had known would have helped you on this journey? Words have power. Mm. Um, Words have power. You know, many times we just exude words and commentary and, 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 and we just fly by night with emotions and not really understand the resonating factor with those emotions and what that really means and what you put out there in the universe and, and how that comes back to you in whatever form it is that you believe. Um, and that's something that I think I've, I've learned over the last several years um, that has helped me greatly and, and being very intentional with words and, and as, as you're engaging with other people and recognizing that words have power and they have implications depending on who you're speaking to and what moment of the day that you may not even be knowledgeable of um, because it may resonate an hour later after you're gone from interacting with that individual. Um, so for me, is words have power. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Now, what's the what's the next goal that you want to accomplish? So, I've been, you know, I have a, I have these, I have a list of little tiny goals that to me are huge. <laughs> um, so, I've been wanting to start a garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an absolute pink thumb. I'm from an I'm a I'm a cityite. I'm from New York City, um, where the closest thing to a plant was my mother's plant garden in the window uh-huh. um, that she did very well. And um, now I live in a, in a rural community where I have grass and I'm able to have a garden. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted to do this for a really long time. Um, and fear and just not having the proper knowledge has gotten in the way. Mm-hmm. So I've said to myself, this year, you are going to learn how to garden and you're going to start eating your own fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that might be small to some folks, to me, it's humongous mm-hmm. because I don't do that um, at all. I'm a girly girl. I'm looking at my hands dirty. So I'll need all kind of gloves and equipment and all kind of stuff that a regular gardener will be like, she's so extra. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I might need um, to make it happen. So I've been um, taking this time I've had and doing some good reading and doing you know, some research, understanding what will work well in my space and where to start. Um, because in every process, we can either choose to go all the way in or understand the environment and take a step-by-step approach. So that's kind of what I've been doing in this particular journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's on a small scale to me, which is huge. And I'm really, really excited about that. Right. <laughs> um, but as it relates to personally and professionally, 
I just want to continue evolving as it relates to just strategic thinking and strategic development. And one of the things working in government um, that, has, that has done a really, 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 really good thing for my whole brain and my mindset is how do you make something out of nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, because the space that I work in and the space that I'm in day to day and at night when I'm working with my entrepreneurs is how do we make something out of nothing? We have an idea. How do we make it happen? How do we work through the barriers that are in place to not to avoid that opportunity? How do we create systematic change? And how do we, where's our role and responsibility in that? So I'm just encouraged by the environment I'm in to continue learning that and grasping that. And, and at a, whatever point that I'm not in government anymore, I will attribute that additional level of expertise and, and, and forethought to this work that I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, in government, when you're working in government, creating programming or engagement for underserved populations, you know, it typically is hard for, for many reasons. There are many barriers associated with it, whether it's on the community side or the government side, and that navigating that space and, and seeing these programs come to fruition where we're changing lives and changing generations for years to come um, is truly the piece that I'm going to take away with me, that I'm going to be able to, t- to show off on my next gig and say, let me tell you something about me. Um, some things that I've been able to get done in a space where it has never been done um, and typically doesn't happen. So I'm really happy about that next venture in my life. Yes. Well, I, I know it's, it's going to be successful. Whatever you put your, your hands to, it's going to be successful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I received that. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So let's switch over to wordplay. Sure. So I have um, two words or phrases that I'm going to share with you that I want you to just, you know, give your reflections on what those words mean to you. Uh, the first is community impact. So community impact um, means to me um, genuineness, understanding, and thoughtfulness. Um, because when you're genuine and you're understanding and you're thoughtful, you're guaranteed create to create some impact. Um, many times when we are doing community work or, or working with individuals on creating impact, we don't under, we don't take time to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the basis for developing trust in any relationship. And that's how you really understand the true needs of a community or a situation. And when you have a true understanding of a situation or a community and you're genuine in that work, it only leads to opportunities of success, mm-hmm. um, small, small or big, right? So if, we, if we're working with a community who had typically um, doesn't trust the community because they've been um, surveyed for the last 25 years and have seen very minimal results of those surveys and empty promises, the underbelly is understanding what, what, what's the most important thing to you and how, to, how do we get there. So sometimes those small wins um, could, could, be, could be very dramatic in those communities to achieve those larger wins. And many times, we know we talk about community impact, we think about the big piece, mm-hmm. um, but we don't think about you know, curbside lighting you know, in a community where folks can actually walk down the street. Um, that can be done very quickly with grant dollars, opposed to looking at how do we circumvent some um, some um, inappropriate housing that may be in that area that might be, you know, encouraging some crime activity in that space. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some lighting just the same way can begin to deter that behavior. Right. And what it does is creates change and it creates trust in those spaces. So for me, it's, it's being genuine and mm-hmm. understanding. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you should put together a, a training on that and go to the federal government. 
Yes, we should. <laughs> and uh, enlighten them a bit. <laughs> no, it, it, all, it all goes back to leadership. You know, it all goes yes. back to leadership. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that approach is obviously my personal approach. It's the hat that I wear, which is why I think I was asked to be part of this team mm-hmm. and be appointed to his, you know, executive, executive staff. But um, I think more importantly, it's, it's, the, it's the culture of our space, you know, and, and that's why we all were chosen and we all, we all share that and sample that in some way in the work that we do. So it's collective. Yes. Yes. Awesome. The second word is woman. Woman. Everything. Everything. Women are everything. Women are the backbone to this country. Women are the backbone to our families. Women are the backbone to, to success. Um, and, and the times are showing that more and more. Um, since 20, I mean, in 2016, I, I offered a TEDx talk um, entitled The Diamond Polisher Revealed. Mm-hmm. And in 2016, women were starting businesses at something to the tune of 20 times rate than our counterparts, our male counterparts, mm-hmm. um, a day. So, you know, it was almost like 2,000 businesses being started a day by women. And, and, and that's, that's, a, that, that's a direct correlation between what's happening in our world. You know, women were so suppressed for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, women weren't able to work, vote. You know, women function in a very particular space in their home and in their community. Um, and now what we're seeing is leadership surfacing, you know, in women like we've never seen before. Um, you know, I, I dare to say we may have a potentially have a woman vice president at some point in our immediate future. Um, but even a thought process of, of that being a possibility is something that's grand. Um, 10 years ago, that wasn't something that was even a conversation or something right. that people wanted to kind of absorb. You talk about that now, women want to understand what that means now. We have women marches that are happening nationally that, that never happened before. They happened before out of frustration and, 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 and upset. Now they're happening because we're here and we have a position. Um, and women have so much power and so much to contribute to society um, that we've never been able to contribute before. So I'm excited about all things women. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about all things that women do and the opportunity to to collaborate with women. But what I'm most excited about and always interested about in women is how do we care for one another? Mm-hmm. I have this mentality of when I make it, we all make it, right? So if I get a phone call and they say, hey, Jessica, we need... X amount of businesses to do X amount of work. Um, I'm thinking about, you know what, let me call those women that I know mm-hmm. um, because I'm in a position now to bring them into the fold. And, and that and that philosophy and that mindset um, is something that I always like to bring to light when talking about women because it's something that we need to continue doing. It's something that we should do intentionally and it's something that we should do well. Not because what you have is what I need or what you have or what you need is what I need or anything like that, just because we're women. Um, and now we're in a position to be able to talk about ourselves and, and, and envision us in positions that we would never envision us before to be in. And the only way to do that is to unite as women and to build each other up. Mm-hmm. Powerful, powerful. And that is um, actually, you know, part of the reason why this podcast exists. You know, how do we care for each other as women? How do we share from our journeys and our experiences to help other women um, in an accessible way? You you know, Um, I may not be able to call a certain person on the phone anytime I want to talk to them, but if I can listen in, you know, kind of like being a butterfly on the wall, not a fly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Listening in and you know, seeing what I can pull from someone else's story and journey and experience mm-hmm. to apply to my own. So maybe I can 
you know, decrease, you know, the time that it takes me to move from point A or point B or learn a strategy to deal with the challenge or just opened up my eyes to the possibilities that exist in the world that I didn't realize existed for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what all of this is, is about. <laughs> and celebrate one another. Yeah. You know, celebrate one another. You know, yesterday, a girlfriend of mine um, went on live on Facebook doing a cooking show. Well, her and I have been sharing recipes for the last six, seven months. We're both on this um, plant-based, you know, journey. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited to watch her up to, I watched her show yesterday. I was like glued in, Watched the whole live. And when I hung up with her, I didn't say to myself, well, I taught her that or that. No, I called her and said, let's do that together. Let's do that together. Like, let's really do that together. Because if you're doing it well and I'm doing it well, we do it well together. Mm -hmm. It'll be fun. But we'll also help other women see how you actually can share recipes and kind of work with each other that way. So we're really excited about that coming up soon also. Um, But yeah celebrate each other man i mean it's something that we don't do well mm-hmm. you know we don't do it well for so many reasons but listen you start celebrating other women you start seeing what's happening what starts happening in your life exactly exactly mm-hmm. and someone else's gain or shine doesn't take away from yours anyway I, no because you can, you can learn something you can learn something from her at all you can yeah. learn and give her credit and give her credit when you talk about what she taught you yes 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 awesome 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 so let our listeners know how they can, you know, connect with you, keep up to date with what you're doing, or perhaps even if they're interested um, in your consulting services, now how can they reach out to you and connect with you? So I keep a very low profile mm-hmm. um, just because I do. Um, it's part of my journey and part of me balancing the work that I do. So I typically um, take referrals to folks that I know. Mm-hmm. Um, or get to know the individual before I immediately engage. So one of my attributes is I'm not really here for your money. Mm -hmm. I'm really here to figure out how I can help you and if I can help you well. Mm -hmm. Um, And most importantly, if you're going to receive my help. One of the things that, you know, business consultants often struggle with is working with clients who don't want to listen. And it's it's frustrating. Um, Although you're paying me, it's still Mm -hmm. frustrating. But guess what? I don't want to be paid frustrated. I want to be paid happily. Right. Um, so I, I, you know, I receive folks through LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is Jessica uh, C. Gibson Brokenball. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, just the same as Jessica Gibson Brokenball. Um, or they can reach out to you and say, hey, how do I find that? How do I find that woman? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's typically how I move. And folks say, well, that's not really smart and business-like. Jessica, you know, Miss Miss Bottom Line Cash Flow person. Um, and it isn't, right? But but it is the way because this is how I want to work. Right. Exactly. And, it wor- and it works for me. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that, you know, Kingdom Connections are just that. And I'm not here, you know, I have a day-to-day job. I love everything entrepreneurship, but I will always tell folks I've dipped my toes into entrepreneurship, but it's not something that I'm willing to do 24-7. Mm. Um, and folks say to me, what? Like, this is crazy. I'm like, but this is my honesty. This is, this is the truth yeah. that I live in. Uh-huh. I've always been a single parent. I've always wanted to make sure that uh, every month I know exactly how much money I'm making. And I know exactly what I can do with those funds. And now that I'm married, does, that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It just means I'm really smart about how I move and how I invest my time. Yeah. Um, because my time and my family is my priority. Um, and me being a really good wife is my absolute top priority. So that's why time for me, I manage my time very well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
thank God I'm gainfully employed. So, you know, working as a consultant is something that I choose to do. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, you know, I, I have to do. So I'm very choosy when it comes to who I work with just the same, because I want to do good work and I want to do good work with people who, who see my value and, and see me not as a consultant, but as a team member. Mm-hmm. So the clients that I have, um, it's different. Um, they say the same thing to me, like, yeah, you're different. You're not like a typical consultant. I'm part of the team. Right. Um, I'm here to make it work. I'm here to lift us up. I'm here to figure it out. Um, and I'm not here to be, to be, a, to be an expense. I'm here, I'm here to be an attribute. So that's kind of how, that's kind of how I'm being led to move right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many cases, I'll talk to someone for an hour and give them some advice. And during that time, I'm understanding who they are. They may get a couple of tidbits of free information out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with that because I just believe that these are, these are seeds that I'm sowing and, um, this is a gift that God has given me and he's, he's given me the position. He's put me in a position where I can help people and feel good about it. And, um, you know, and consult with some folks and I'm fine with that. I'm just very, very concerned and I keep my time. Um, I, I protect my time. There was a powerful lesson in that. I mean, for, you know, the woman who has their full-time job and has something going on on the side, you know, a lot of times there's a pressure to transition to full-time entrepreneurship. And the reality is that not everyone who has something going on on the side wants to make that their full-time. Yeah. And you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to. You know, you really don't have to. Some people are led to, you know, work both simultaneously and, you know, have that level of pressure on their life. And, and some are led to not, you know, and, and it's, it's all based on what you feel is best for you. Mm-hmm. I found this space is a really good space. My husband also has a um, part-time landscaping company during the springtime. So I lend a lot of my expertise to him um, that immediately, uh, you know, impacts our household. So, right. um, you know, I, I'm a good steward over the, the blessings that I have um, and make sure that I'm, I'm using them wisely. Um, and I'm, and I'm not overburdened. I don't want to be overburdened. I want to, I want to enjoy the work I do. I want to help good people do good work. Um, and I want to help as many people as I can based on the time that I have available. Yes. Awesome. Jess. Awesome. I am so glad we did this because, uh, you just, you shared a lot of value. I couldn't even pull out all of the lessons just because of our time (laughs) limitations, but, um, you know, ladies, you're tuning in. If you need to replay this podcast episode absolutely so to pull out everything that jessica shared today because this was a really really powerful conversation um and jessica i i just appreciate you taking time out of your schedule um because i know with you know everything going on in the world right now you're getting getting pulled on even though you're at home (laughs) it's insane (laughs) i feel like i'm busier at home than i have been in the workplace i'm like jeez Yes, yes. So thank you so much for sharing with me and with the women who are listening in. Um, again, just such a valuable conversation. So I appreciate thank you. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And I hope that the women who are listening um, are rejuvenated after, after this conversation. And I'm yeah. willing to talk to anybody who reaches out. So thank you for the opportunity. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jessica. Um, and ladies, stay tuned for the next episode. Peace and blessings to you. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at SharitaWeatherspoon.com. 
As always, learn, launch, lead.